too much good around. You like to take the time. About to check outside the game. You know what I'm talking about. Just let me know if you wanna go. Tonight, oh my, on the range. They got a lot of nice girls. I'm heck are you i'm doing great how are you i'm good hey did you just fly i did fly on sunday (laughs) how'd it go it was a good flight very nice i had on t-shirt not not anymore we got a cold blast the (laughs) next day (laughs) Uh i sent it down to you (laughs) you did shame on you (laughs) i know sorry kind of spread it around a little bit yeah stevie how are you Rootin' tootin'. Taking selfies in your hotel? You know it. <laughs> Taking selfies in the shower? Everywhere I'm not supposed to be. <laughs> selfies in the shower. That doesn't sound good. He does. Oh, he man. did at EFD. <laughs> Only at fly-ins. Only at fly-ins. <laughs> so, got a great show tonight. Got a great guest. He is on the road. I'm going to first say hi to people in the chat. Thanks for joining guys. 
We got Justin Weaver, Wendy Weaver, Travis DuPont, Tim Montana, Nick Griffith, Bill H, Kent Stamey. I haven't heard from him in a while on here. Walter from Down Under. Uh, let's see who else we got in here. Aaron I. Um, Lift Paramotor. Of course, Linda Anderson. Heather Kent. Hey, girl. How are you? Austin is in the house. And Copay, of course, he's always the first one in the chat. Guy's got to try to beat him someday. And Gladys Lubke is in here. Hey, girl. Um, and anybody else that's probably watching, if you want, log into your um, YouTube and join in on the chat. You can say hi to us. You can ask questions in the chat right away, too. So if you've got questions for our guest. So are you guys ready to meet Rob Candela? No. No? Logging off. Um, <laughs> I'm ready to meet him. I know a couple other people are ready to meet him. All right. Let's meet Rob. Hi, Rob. How are you? Hey, Rob. How's it going, guys? <laughs> Good. Good to be Thanks here. For, I poured yeah. myself a, a nice margarita, so I'm ready. We're Margarita. So, yep. so he's in Arizona. Apple so <laughs> apple beer, you said? Yeah. No, Steve won up me there. He's got disgusting. he's got two beers. Yeah. Two beers. <laughs> got the whole I'm on oh. the road, so I don't have my cup to mask what I'm drinking. So you guys are gonna be like, man, he's got a problem. You got a whole drink like six <laughs> beers in this show. Yeah, th this is just water. I'm just staying hydrated. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So everybody's saying hi to you. Bill H is saying hi to Rob. Wendy says she's excited to to have her guy on the show, her local boy. I heard from oh, Luke that you serve margaritas out of your van. Uh, that you is true. Van. <laughs> yep. Yep. I did. I did serve him a few margaritas. So that is oh. that is the truth. Luke is in the house. Can confirm. Rob makes mean margaritas. <laughs> I'm glad you cleaned your house for the video, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I did try and clean up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> polish the the prop in the back. Uh huh. Yeah, I was shining up the paramotor here, just getting the prop placement just right. Heather says hello. Yep. Linda wants to know where about you're at in Arizona because she used to live there. Yeah, so I'm on my way from Salt Lake down to Southern Arizona. So I just crossed the border, so I'm, I think, uh, Kanab, if I'm saying it right. Um, I think that's where I'm at, but it's about an hour north of the Grand Canyon. Okay. So just at the border. Justin is saying, hey, Rob. Hey, Justin. And Wendy. Hi, Wendy. Bill H. Boy, you got, got quite the fan base here. <laughs> oh, and Double D says, hey. So Lyft Paramotor says he's from Tempe. Yep. So nice. Yeah, right. I'll be in that area a little bit flying. So how long do you plan on staying down in the Arizona area? That's a good question because I didn't really plan on being down here so soon. I wanted to spend a little bit more time in, in the Utah area, you know, from Salt Lake City to Moab. Um, but I'm going on a, a camping trip with a few friends. So um, they invited me along and I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll make the drive. So it's a 13 hour drive. I didn't anticipate, but, um, it's a good group of people. So I'm excited to hang out, do some flying, 
Um, but I'll probably be in Arizona since I'm down here now. I'll probably stay in Arizona for two or three weeks and then make my way over to Las Vegas. Um, there's a there's a fly-in going on there, and I got invited to be part of it. Um, so there's a decent group of people that are going to be in it, but pretty much um, it's a four-day event, and they wanted paramotors to sort of fly along like where the people will be entering into this air show and sort of just wave at the crowd. Um, we might do more than that, but that's what I was told at first. I'm like, well, that's perfect. I can I could fly by and wave. I'm good at that. <laughs> that's the only thing I'm good at. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just wave, kick my feet a little bit, smile. <laughs> so I, I could do that kind of air show. That's that's easy. So Bill H is asking, how can we follow your adventures? Yeah, so really all I have is Instagram or on Facebook. Um, I didn't jump on the YouTube bandwagon, so I don't have a YouTube channel. I mean, I do, but I don't post any paramotor stuff on that. It's just something that I had from a long time ago, some mountain yeah. bike stuff and whatnot. Um, but yeah, just Instagram and, and Facebook. Um, I've always thought about, you know, doing the YouTube thing, but it just takes so much time. You know, it's, that's a huge commitment as far as editing the videos. So I like just posting the pictures. I like capturing the pictures. They're easier to work with and, uh, just, just, uh, take up less, less space on the hard drives. And those are both under your name. Uh, yes. Or, well, my, my screen name for that is, well, Facebook would be my name, Rob Candela. And then Instagram is con3081. Okay. Con3081. So Wendy is also reminding, and I always forget, if you guys can hit the thumbs up on the channel, um, let us know that you like our guest, Rob, tonight. That would be really awesome. So, um Rob, so let's start out. How did you get into paramotoring? How did I get into paramotoring? Well, I've been flying now for two and a half years. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, when you ask that question, they're always like, well, I always had a dream of aviation. I always wanted to fly planes and, you know, that, that kind of thing. But I never had any desire to fly, like, whatsoever. Me um, neither. You know, <laughs> one of my good friends, you know, he had his fixed wing, you know, license since he was like 15 or 16. And I went up in planes with him, but I just never... I'm like, oh, it's cool, but I never had a desire to do it. Um, and then a few years ago, you know, I was heavily involved in mountain biking. And it was just to the point where, you know, I did a lot of it. And I was looking for something a little bit different. And uh, I stumbled across paramotors, just, you know, some pictures and videos. Um, I've actually, up until training, I never saw a paramotor in person. Like, I never heard one, never touched one. I just saw pictures and videos. I'm like, that seems like something I'd really like to do. Um, so... Yeah, so I saw some pictures, and when I went skydiving, um, I actually hated it. So I hated skydiving. Um, but what I did like about it was once the canopy opened up and they handed you the brake toggles and you were able to steer, I was like, wow, this is so nice. If I could just do this and not have to worry about going to the airport, getting in the plane, being jammed in the plane, you know, the loud noises, the free fall, and I could just steer around underneath this canopy, that's all I would do. Um, and at the time I didn't even make the connection to paramotor. I didn't know what it was. Um, but over the years, one of my Facebook friends, who's now a really good friend, I fly with him all the time. He was getting into paramotoring and, you know, I would see it, you know, my newsfeed, you know, every few months I'd see a new picture. And after a few years, he started training, uh, students and he went down to Mexico and he was flying down to Mexico and he just posted these beautiful pictures over the blue water. And when I saw those pictures, I was like, I want to do this. This looks so beautiful to be able to see that kind of terrain 
from that vantage point, but I thought was so cool. Um, so, so yeah, it was uh, skydiving that sort of led me to it, but not, you know, in the sense of like enjoying, you know, the plane ride and the free fall. It was just once they hand me those toggles, I'm like, this is so cool. Wow. How many jumps have you done skydiving? So only, only two jumps. Oh. So both of them were tandem. Uh, the first time the harness wasn't set up correctly. So once that canopy opens, you know, that harness slid up and it crushed some areas that you don't want to crush. Um, <laughs> so the first experience was horrible. So that's why I went a second time to see if I would really like it. And maybe if I was jumping by myself, you know, and over time I would like it. Um, but it just, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. Both times I did it, the harness or something wasn't right. I cracked my ribs last month jumping. And the time before that I broke my tailbone. Oh, wow. And I'm still going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. And know, so how long, how, how long ago was, story about that. <laughs> how long ago uh, did you start? Uh, when I, when I did my first jump, it was like 23, I did it in like 2013 and like 2017. Okay. Something like and then that. for paramotors. And then, oh. yeah, paramotor and I started in right before COVID. So January of 2020. Wow. Uh, Nick Griffith wants to know what your wing size is for your go-to wing. That's a personal question, Nick. It's <laughs> not the size that matters. It's a BGD. Yeah. It's got all the colors. So um, right, right now I'd say my go-to is a 20 meter Luna. That's a nice uh, all around glider. Um, I do have an 18 meter now that I like to fly like back home in Pennsylvania or anything that's not high elevation. Um, so plus the 18 is pretty new and I don't want to get it dusty out here. So like Utah, Arizona, it's just really dusty. So the gliders just, you know, they, they look horrible after a few flights. So since my 18 is pretty new, I've been keeping that just for taking off on grass or on pavement where I'm not getting it dirty. Um, but I would say... Yeah, my go-to is the the twenty meter. It's it's a good. It's still you know fast and playful. You can still you know have fun with it, but it's nice and stable too for like cross countries or doing more like um like explore, exploration kind of flights. So, Steve's gonna like that answer. He loves his BGD wings. Right. Uh -huh. So Wendy's asking, how many hours have you flown now, Rob? How many hours? Um, on the paramotor, on my hour meter back here, um, I'm approaching 500 hours on it. So Ooh. I think I'm at like 460 something. So you fly um, like, and this all is my original. <laughs> a decent amount. I try to, especially well, especially now I can. Um, but even when you know, I had more limited time working around my work schedule and vacation time and all that. Um, yeah, I mean, I was. It's sort of something I've been, you know, obsessed with over the last two and a half years. Wendy also wants to know where is your most favorite and memorable flight? Man, that, that's really hard to say, right? So, I mean, all, all the flights are sort of special in their own way. Like I love being out in Utah. I love flying, you know, the canyons and flying Moab and all that kind of thing. And, you know, my first flight, you know, down in Cancun was awesome. You know, over the blue water, your first flight. I mean, I was terrified, you know, my mouth's all dry. I'm just, you know, <laughs> death gripping the toggles, flying out over the ocean. Um, but, you know, really, if I had to say, like, my favorite, like, most memorable flights, I, I don't think it's one, but I would say actually flying at the Jersey Shore in Pennsylvania. I think that's my favorite is being able to 
camp right there, My take favorite. off, you know, those, those foggy mornings, you know, and there's just so much, there's so many options as far as what you want to fly. You know, you could fly around the clouds, you could fly along the river, the cornfields, the mountains, there's just so much there. So um, I would just sort of bundle all of my Jersey shore flights into my best flight. And it's my home state, you know, so it's like, you know, I just like Pennsylvania. You've got a beautiful LZ where you're at. Wendy and Justin allowed us to fly there with you. And that's how I met you is out at Jersey shore. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty Yeah, awesome. So it's cool to see how it's, how it's growing. You know, like when I first went there, there was just one guy um, who would fly there and, you know, he didn't really have that many hours, you know, cause he didn't really have people to fly with, or he didn't have people to fly with. So, um, it's sort of cool to see more local pilots fly in there, you know, but then also, I mean, the people from out of state and, you know, there's been a lot of, a lot of people there over the last year, especially, um, since when I started. So it's, it's nice little sleepy airport. Right. Somebody want to ask? My dogs are going to bark really soon. Um, Wendy wants you to tell us your fog story following the railroad tracks. Oh, geez. That one. We might have to save that for like, uh, you know, tell, tell uh, you know, when I could tell you about my most uh, scariest flights, because uh, that, that's one of them. But that's a long story. I think we'll save that towards uh, maybe a little bit later. But pretty much, yeah, I was following the railroad tracks because I started getting fogged in. Because the Jersey Shore, the fog there is a blessing and a curse, you know, like. There's some mornings where it's just perfect and you can fly around it and you, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun, but there's some mornings where the whole valley gets fogged in and you can be just waiting for, man, you know, uh, four or five hours before the fog burns off. It'll be lunchtime. And you're like, well, I guess I can't fly now. Um, so that's, that's like a blessing and a curse for that area. But there's so many days where you can fly and, you know, play in the clouds. And that's something, especially a lot of people, when I talk to them out West, it's like, they never fly around clouds. And there it's like, if you just hang out for a week, you're guaranteed probably two or three days where it's just like a magical cloud flight. All right. John Wayne is asking. Well, he just skipped my question. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Skip that one. Skip it. He wants to skip that one until later. (laughs) Yeah, no, I have a few little scary moments that I think are worth talking about, you know, as from a, from a learning standpoint, but. We might, we could probably save that as a, as a clump, <laughs> but yeah. So the Jersey shore, when I say, I, I see the, the next question here from John Wayne. Um, when I always say, Oh, I'm going to fly the Jersey shore. I'm going to fly the Jersey shore. It's Jersey shore, Pennsylvania, which is in the center of Pennsylvania. It's like a, you know, a quieter area. There's a lot of Amish around it. Um, but it's not the Jersey shore, like uh, the MTV <laughs> show, right. In, in New Jersey. Um, but that's, I have to catch myself all the time when people are looking at me like, what do you, you fly the Jersey shore, like right on the beach. I'm like, Oh no. Like the other Jersey shore, the cooler Jersey shore. <laughs> all right. So Nick Griffith wants to know, uh, he says, explain the BGD team pilot deal and how do we join? Yeah, sure. So, um, it was probably about a little over a year into flying. Um, and I was just posting a lot of, you know, videos and that kind of stuff. You know, your 360 cam photos and your chase cam stuff. And um, I was posting that a lot. And it got a lot of attention from um, Bruce and Arna um, at BGD. Um, so eventually they, they reached out to me and some mutual, mutual friends just to 
get like a character vibe. Hey, is this guy, you know, is he a cool guy? Is he someone that we would want on the team? And uh, it was pretty much just from pictures and videos. Um, they really liked the quality that I was putting out as far as that content. And um, they didn't really see a lot of that from the paramotor community, especially in the United States. So they wanted to make uh, more of a presence in the United States, especially in paramotoring. Um, so it was one of those that um, we just sort of linked up that way where they said they'd bring me on as a BG team pilot um, and, you know, just be a good ambassador for the sport, a good ambassador for the product. And then, um, of course, you know, capture my adventures, you know, pictures and videos and that kind of thing. Man, that is not fair. I've spent over a year flying and drag to get Parajet to sponsor me. And I've modeled Nirvana's clothing line. Yeah. Incessantly. I mean, you're, yeah, you're rocking it right now. You think by now they would. And Eugene Cousins there. just keeps ignoring me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would like a Parajet sponsorship too. That'd be pretty sweet. I mean, look, I got it in the background right here. Yeah. Parajet. What does it say on the back of your fuel tank? Oh, I put a sticker on it saying Nomad Flyer. So oh. <laughs> um, I guess it's like my, my like brand, but I don't have anything. I just thought it was a cool name. So Kevin can fly is asking, what is your favorite way to fly? Winging it, foot dragging, high altitude, cross country, what? Man, um, you know, I think that sort of changes month by month. It just depends on my mood sometimes during the flight. Because some flights I'll go up there and I'm like, oh, I'm going to do acro and i'm gonna do sats and barrel rolls and i'm all pumped up listening to some crazy music and then other days it's just i just go up there and just stare just look around <laughs> cruising a straight line for two hours and then land um but i would say it's like a mixture um high altitude yeah i mean i guess out here you know i mean it's all sort of i guess you know above five six thousand feet so um it's a little bit more work you know i gotta run a little bit more and that's why i like flying the 20 meter luna out here the 18 i mean it's flyable but it's already a lot of work on the 20 i just <laughs> you know you don't you don't get a lot of lift so it's like especially if you want to climb high you're just full throttle for like 10 minutes you're like i think i only climbed uh, like 2,000 feet <laughs> um but yeah it's it's a mixture of all styles really I, I wouldn't say that i sort of focus on one more than the other I mean, uh, of course, you know, like I think most people, um, like when they, when you get into the sport, you're like, oh, I'm going to do all the cool acro maneuvers. And then you realize some of those are really scary <laughs> and uh, it takes a long time to get up as high as you need to, to practice them. So um, I would say right now I'm, I'm more, I'm more into the adventure side of things. You know what I mean? Flying like new spots that maybe people haven't flown or flying more challenging spots where you're, you're looking more into like airspace and weather and you know, just sort of, you know, just sort of seeing terrain that a lot of people don't get to see. So that's sort of what my focus is, I think, on on this trip right now is, you know, I'm flying common spots, you know, let people fly. But also I'm trying to, like, maybe branch off a little bit and go a little further or check out an LZ that's a few miles away um, to get a little bit of a different vibe. Um, Corey Stewart videos says brother rob what's your favorite time of year to fly in jersey store and i mean when it's warm i like flying when it's warm i'm a little <laughs> bit of a weenie with the cold so uh the warm months so i would say like you know june july like june july august september so that that would be like my prime time to fly there um for whatever reason i've normally have been on the road in the fall time so i've never really flown there in the fall over these last few years and i've never flown there in the winter either so so Justin made a good point. 
and I was going to say this before he even said it, is Rob is usually the last one to come down. He stays up for as long as he can <laughs> on it. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that, that that's true. And that's why I, I upgraded from the 10-liter the tank to the 17-liter tank. I'm like, 10 liters just isn't good. <laughs> and especially as you go down to smaller gliders, right, your, your fuel consumption is going to be a little bit more. So I upgraded to the 17 liter tank and there's been a few times where I've like, oh no, I might not have enough gas, you know? So, um, but yeah, I just like being up there. Uh, I think you, you go through a lot of work, right? Like to go to the LZ, you drive there, you set up all your gear, you have your, your, your successful takeoff. And the last thing after doing all that is I want to come down. I'm like, well, I put all this effort into getting up here. I'm going to stay up here until I'm out of gas. So I was actually sort of known for that on the Iceland trips there was three times where I would just keep flying till I ran out of gas and I would, I would get close to the LZ and I would just explore the LZ and I would just wait for it to just run out of gas. And then I would just spot land and, and come on in to land. So they're like, man, you really push it right to the last drop. And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to get my money's worth, you know? So it was such a beautiful area that I'm like, man, I feel bad landing with a liter of gas. Speaking of that, we can ask the questions also. Um, but where's this? Um, that that's in Iceland. Um, oh. so I wish I could remember. I wish I could remember the the, the uh, waterfall name because you know they're all that like, you know, like whatever the Icelandic pronunciations. I'm horrible at it, but yeah, uh, that was one of the more popular ones where you can hike behind the waterfall. Um, so it's definitely one of the more popular ones in Iceland. So that was really cool. Just to um, what I would do is there was the glacial melt that ran for. I don't know, at least a mile before it got to that waterfall. So you could sort of trace it and then you just shoot over the edge. So when there's people down the bottom and this is pretty early in the morning. So there was only like maybe one or two people down there. Um, but it was really cool to shoot over the waterfalls and everyone's looking up, taking pictures. And then here comes this crazy guy flying off the edge of it. <laughs> um, so that was actually, that's probably one of my more favorite pictures actually from the trip. So Janice is asking, did you 20 meter get trashed in Iceland? So, yes, it did. So, well, I mean, I guess it got trashed. It's still flyable, but trashed. Um, So it was on my second flight and I landed on this pretty quiet airport. It's sort of abandoned, but they're bringing it back to life. And I landed, had one of the best flights of my life. It was one of those where I'm like, wow, I'm truly somewhere special. I can't believe this. And I land and I'm feeling real good. And I actually ended up just flying by myself for that flight. And um, I land and a guy... Um, from Sweden came to land behind me and I landed very close to the trailers. Like I came in, like I probably should have landed a little farther away, but you know, I was lazy and wanted to land really close. And um, the other guy tried doing the same and sort of misjudged his glide a little bit and got like target fixation and landed right on my glider. So I'm talking to another pilot and I'm thanking him like, Hey, thanks for tuning my carb. It's running great. And I was only on the ground for no more than a minute or two. Um, so like my glider was still there, but I was in the process of picking it up and this is a massive runway, you know I mean? This is huge. It is. Um, he could have landed anywhere. And unfortunately he landed on my glider. So I hear boom, bam, 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 all this smashing and crashing. And I look, I turn around and my glider is just like draped around him. Like he's like some kind of crazy toga gay pride sort of guy. Right. And I'm like, Oh man. And, uh, you know, first I was worried about him, but then once you realize he's okay, I'm like, okay, how's my glider? And what happened was the, um, so the, the top side, right. Has all the color. The bottom side has the white. Um, I looked at the bottom side and the bottom side was completely fine. So I'm like, okay, cool. Thank God he didn't, 
damage my glider. That's like worst case scenario. Second flight of the trip, someone trashes your glider. So the following day, I fly it, land, and I'm balling up the glider. And I notice like a two inch by two inch hole in it. And I'm like, well, that's not good. And then I start looking and then I'm like, oh, here's another hole. Here's another hole. Here's another hole. There has to be, I don't know, like 20 holes in my glider. So since it was on the pavement and the pavement was like old and like brittle. So it was like like rocky, like gravel. um, Anytime he put his hand down or he touched anywhere, like his body, his paramotor, whatever it was, it just put all these like uh, pencil sized holes in my glider. So I have two big holes. One's like two inches, one's an inch. And then all the other ones are just like micro holes everywhere um, across like six or seven cells. Um, so I'm actually still flying it. I'm flying it out west right now. Um, but it was beat up pretty good. And it was a pretty new glider. It only had about, I don't know, 40 hours on it, 50 hours max. Um, but wow. I think the the most positive thing about it was well, one, he was okay. But then two is like, I still was able to use it for the rest of the trip. So the rest of the trip, I just flew it the way it was. So I didn't even patch it. I was just flying around, which I would recommend patching it. But it was just like, I don't know. I just didn't do it. Hmm. Kevin can fly. Welcome, dude. Thanks for joining. Um, he wants to know how many motor outs have you had? So um, zero, if you actual like engine failures. Um, and I've had definitely two motor outs from running out of gas (laughs) so uh the first time was at the jersey shore and it was funny like i you know i just you know once again i just pushed it to the last minute and i'm like i better get back to the the lz and i'm i'm going over the river and i'm thinking man if i had a motor out right now i might not make it over the river so i go full throttle and i hold full throttle for like two three seconds and then blah, blah, and it dies. And I go, holy crap, I'm, I'm actually, I have a motor out over the river. So I, I just made the tree line and then I was gliding over the corn and I'm like, oh, I'm going to land in the corn. Oh, this is going to be such a bummer. And there was this little tiny access road, you know, n- enough for a truck. And I remember just foot dragging the last few rows of corn and landing perfectly on that road. It was just complete luck. Like there was no, like I was going there and it just so happened there was a road. Um, so I got real lucky with that one. And then my second one, sort of funny, um, I just got done with an SIV course. I was all excited. I wanted to go up and do my first sat. And I'm like, I'm just going to go right up there. I'm going to do it with the motor on. So I'm in Florida. I'm at the Lake Wales Airport. I throw all my gear on. I'm super excited. I climb or I, I fly to like where there's like a bigger lake off in the distance, about a mile or two away. And that was like my warm up. Warm up. I was going to fly to the lake and then climb and then work my way towards the airport and do my first sat. And right when I turned, I go full throttle once again for like a few seconds and the motor dies and I land like by the alligators, like by in the swamp and I land and I'm like, Oh, what a bummer. I had something failed on my motor. Like it must, you know, something I had to go wrong. So I'm looking at it. I'm checking the spark plug, you know, I'm looking at everything and I look at the gas tank. I forgot to put gas in my paramotor. So when I took off, I had whatever was the leftover gas from my previous flight, which was like a liter. So I burnt it on my, I burnt it on the way there and uh, I had a hike back. Um, so that turned into uh, like a big adventure mission. Cause like, you know, there's like alligators and snakes and I don't know where I'm going. And um, luckily I had, and I would recommend this to anyone is always fly with a stuff sack, like a nice lightweight one. Um, for this flight, I actually, I wasn't in the habit of doing it, but on this flight, I actually put it into my, um, my seat board pocket on my paramotor. And thank God I did because I had to jump like four barbed wire fences. 
So like if I didn't have that stuff sack, so I would get to the fence and I would throw my gear over the fence and uh, I would hop the fence myself. But if I didn't have a bag to put my glider in, it would have been very likely for me to get that caught on the barbed wire fences. And then even some of the brush was really thick. Like it was up to my chest and I had to sort of like pack it down first before I'd carry my paramotor through it. There was times where I had my paramotor over my head and I'm just going through the swamp. Um, so yeah, two motor outs were because of gas issues. Yeah, I definitely carry a five gallon or a 55 gallon bag with me wherever I go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's just nice. It's convenient if you have to hike with your glider because you you, know, you could start hiking with it, but eventually you're going to be stepping on lines. They're going to get caught on you know rocks or twigs or bushes. So it's nice always to have, even if it's uh, like those little tiny bags that come with your, your, your paraglider, like it'll be very hard to get it into it. But in a situation like that, it's worth taking uh, 10 minutes to stuff the glider in there so you can just carry it nicely. Right. Yeah, Corey Stewart says that's the same road that, that uh, he had a motor out on. Do you remember? You're the one that found him. So that is that that is a true story. Where where Corey did land on that road is the same road that that I landed on. Yeah. <laughs> and I think when when Corey, because I was flying that night, I just I just buzzed around and like waved at him and laughed at him and you know had a good time. <laughs> Once I knew he was okay, I was just like, "What happened down there?" and just yelling at him. So, yep. So you carry an extra bag then? So you have your normal one that you would throw in your van or take home with you? And then you have one already stuffed away? Because Yeah, yeah so in my I, side pocket. That makes sense because my new wing that I've got, I my bag is just got straps and straps. And it's like a, I used to sit on mine. And it's like it was one string. But now I've got all these straps and buckles, and it's like if I sit on it, I'm afraid that I'm going to have one of those straps go flying back into my prop or something. And so I'll find something else to take take along. Yeah, there's some nice lightweight ones out there. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of manufacturers that make them. Um, but the ones that I would buy are the ones from Para Orange. Yep. Um, they're nice and lightweight, um, so I've had good success with those. I was just going to say, recommend Karen Close. Um, she's been a guest on our show also. So, and she's, she's... showing me a dress right now. Oh, good Lord. It's going to be orange. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, it's going to be orange probably. Really? She won't give you purple or pink or anything. Yeah. Actually, I was surprised. So I've, I've purchased a few of their stuff sacks in the past and they've always been orange. And the last one I bought came in, it was red. And I was like, I was expecting what? orange, but I'm like, I like red. So it was like, it was a pleasant surprise. So I have a red one. Maybe it's like a rare and limited. She edition. must have been on mescaline. Yeah, I have like the, the tomato right now. The pear of tomato. Maybe it was the sale of the week. Maybe. Don't complain. <laughs> yep. And Wendy's also bought um, a cover to um, completely cover her trike. So, and she loves that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So before we get into the stories of the the scary flights and all that good stuff. So I, I don't know a whole lot about you, but it seems like you've had sort of a, a different uh, life change for you recently and going on to something else. You want to share that a little bit? Yeah, sure. We can talk a little bit about that. So um, about a month ago, it's actually a little bit over a month ago. So September 16th, I ended up quitting my job. Which was um, what? So it was, uh, what was that? Uh, what was your job? 
Um, so the job I had, um, I worked there for, for eight years and it was in the pharmaceutical industry. So my background's in engineering and physics okay. and, um, I was an instrument engineer for them. So I helped, uh, produce pretty much uh, all of the flu vaccines. So if you ever had a flu vaccine, it probably came from my company. Um, so I was in charge of all the calibrations and instruments associated with those. And it was one of those, it was a good job. I learned a lot, you know, and, uh, but it was just seemed like the right time to sort of step away from it, you know, something different, you know, I was becoming a little bit complacent with it. And, um, you know, there was room for growth, but at the same time, there's a little bit of, you know, there's like some barriers they have to break through. And I was like, well, do I want to do that? Or maybe I should branch out and maybe do something else, whether it's in the pharmaceutical industry or somewhere else. So I decided it was a good time to sort of step away from it and uh, fly. Um, you know, I've been flying as much as I can the last two and a half years. And I figured, well, you know, I have the van. Um, I have, you know, the I've saved some money for it. So I have the financial means. And I'm like, well, this would be a good time to go do this and, you know, and just sort of see the states from a different vantage point so i did travel through the country doing a lot of mountain biking but now it's a little bit different now i'm now i'm in the sky um so yeah so i, I sort of i call it my uh my radical sabbatical um, so and I, like I, I wish i could take i wish i could take credit for that i heard it on a podcast one time someone said radical sabbatical and i'm like that is so cool that's what i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna call you know uh when i when i take some time off work um, so like early retirement or something like, like radical sabbatical sounds cool. Yeah. So um, my plan is to just, uh, I mean, I, I do other things too. I do anything outdoors. So in you know, the mountain biking, the dirt biking, the hiking and all that, but I'm definitely going to focus on flying because that's my current passion. And uh, my goal is to do it at least for one year. So I'm setting a goal for myself one year, full time in the van and uh, just focusing on flying. So We'll see how it goes. You know, I have a good feeling about it. You know, I figured, well, worst case is if it doesn't work out, I just go get another job and uh, everything's fine. But I figured there was more upsides than downsides to it. So I was like, well, if not, if not now, then when? And, you know, a lot of these things I like to do do involve having good health. And, you know, that's not always guaranteed no matter what age you are. So I was like, well, I'm going to do it while I have the the energy to do it, the want to do it and the health to do it. And uh you know, see where it takes me. Good for you. That's, that's awesome. <clears throat> that's freaking awesome. And if you don't mind me asking, and how old are you? I'm 32. Wow. That's incredible. And, and yep. he's single. Yep. <laughs> 32 and signal. Yep. <laughs> he's rebuffed all my advances. Just so you guys know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I just told Karen Close from Para Orange, get on the show. <laughs> get on here. All right. It's spooky, scary paramotor time. You ready yeah. for it? <laughs> otherwise, I can share right. some. Actually, otherwise, I can share your photos first. Do you want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. Before yeah, you... we'll, we'll start We'll start positive, and then we'll spin to the negative. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There you go. This was oh, pretty that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was a cool flight. It was one of those that's there. It was in a, a crashed uh, plane on the, the beaches of Iceland. And that was pretty much our, our whole crew right there um, that I was on the trip with. And they were all awesome guys and, and girls. Uh, Amelia Plack from Ozone uh, is Yay. in that picture, too. She was flying there. She wasn't part of our group. She was on trip number two. I was on trip number three of the Scout uh, Iceland trips. Um, but she was just hanging around and, you know, she tagged along for that flight. 
But um, yeah, everyone else is uh, part of trip number three there. And, you know, it's a great group of guys, you know, it's one of those kind of trips where, you know, when you sign up for something like that, right, the trip can be intimidating. But at the same time, it's like if you're doing it by yourself, you're like, well, you know, am I going to get along with the other guys? Am I going to be a good enough pilot? You know, are we going to get along? And uh, yeah, I mean, all of us got along uh, real well. I think when you go on trips like this, you know, everyone has an adventurous and like uh, sort of like free spirit. So it's easy to sort of, you know, uh, talk about, you know, past adventures or future adventures. And um, everyone got along great there for the the 10 days that we were on the trip. I've so, never done anything in my life where you can make friends so freaking fast compared to this. Uh, it's like, you yeah, fly? I mean, All right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is the cool thing. That's the one thing I've really liked about, uh, you know, the, the the paramotor community is that really all the people when you meet them in person, I mean, are, are super nice. I've made so many, so many cool friends throughout the whole country or even the, the world at this point. And um, they're all awesome. You know, they all have their own stories and, you know, paramotoring sort of, sort of is what brings us together. Um, sometimes, you know, you look at like the Facebook world versus real life and you're like, man, there's so there's two different, you know, there's two differences. Like the Facebook group is like, a little bit mean and like attacking each other. And then you meet everyone in person. Everyone's super nice and helpful and, you know, just wants to have a good time and fly. And, um, but yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about uh, the group that I did the trip with. They're all awesome. Hang on. I lost my, so I'm going to throw this on there. Corey is asking, what's the traveling plans for the following year? Also, what's your favorite fly-in you've attended? Man, uh, so the plans are always shifting and moving. I got so many, you know, uh, so many schemes going on right now as far as paragliding and paramotoring trips. Um, but as far as my favorite flying, and this one was recommended to me by my instructor, and he's like, if there's one flying you go to, you should go to this one, and it's the Flying Circus in Arizona. Um, that was my first flying I went to, and uh, I've been to it the last two years since I've been flying. And it's just been a, a great time. It's been so much fun. So um, anyone who's been to it, I think they would agree. It's a really good flying. Um, if you haven't gone to it or you're thinking about going to it, I would highly recommend it. Um, I think tickets just went on sale this week or they're going to shortly. Um, it's, I think, February 16th to the 19th, somewhere around that, plus or minus. A few right days. after Salt and Sea, it's a great circuit to run. You uh, oh, Salt it is. You're glamorous and you end up with circus exactly that's the trifecta right there yeah so um i would i would highly recommend it for anyone who is doing those other fly-ins you know like salt and sea and that kind of thing but even if you're not just going to that one's worth it in itself um a whole bunch of fun it's just it's just chaos and when i mean chaos it's just in a good way you know there's the fireworks and the bonfires and the flamethrowers and they're dropping money from planes the trapeze uh, artists off of a paramotor <laughs> exactly yeah just like just cool stuff and it's just i think some fly-ins you sort of get these like um sort of groups and they sort of stick together but i feel there it's more of like an event where people sort of mingle a little bit more and sort of walk around and there's a lot more of like mixing of groups which i think is really cool um but that, that's always the been... action copper mine next door too that you can go to and fly over a big open open pit copper mine yeah, yeah, that's pretty close by too. And that's that's a cool flight. I remember the first time I flew over that copper mine, it's it's so big. Like when you fly over, it, it seems like it just wants to suck you in. Like yeah, the first time I was, flew, I was scared. I flew over, the, I'm like, ah, I don't like this. I gotta turn around. That was the only time I've ever been flying. I was like, I think I'm afraid of heights right now. 
Yeah, it what? just feels like it just wants to suck you right into that, like right that water down the in the, in the middle. You just yeah. picture yourself just getting pulled right into that. Oh, wow. that's scary. A uh, Corey Stewart wants to know what's the most uh, amazing experience you've had viewing wildlife while flying. Um. Yeah. So I mean, there's been there's been a decent amount. You know, you see your your bald eagles and your deer and that kind of stuff. And um, man. Uh, I would say maybe flying along the the beaches of um, of Florida and seeing all the sharks. I think that's really cool um, because it's what's wild is you'll see people swimming and like fifty feet away from them, there's just like sharks just cruising along. And I'm always like, man, that's pretty wild. Like you know, because I can see it because I'm above and you can see the shadows. But like when you're in the water, you can't see that. So it's just impressive how many times like how many people are in the water and how many times sharks just come up right next to them they don't even know um so that's pretty cool to see when you're flying over especially in florida there's sharks everywhere um but yeah i mean thank you for letting me know (laughs) yeah i think when i was up there flying i'm like this seems way safer than being in that water right now (laughs) up here dangling from these strings up here i'm like i'd rather take this over swimming in that water yeah (laughs) Um, that I've had a few cool experiences where I've been flying, like I'll drop down into the corner at the Jersey shore and I'll be like, you know, down in it. And, uh, it's happened one time where like a big buck, like I I spooked it and it popped out into the corn and it jumped right in front of me and it was running in front of me. And like, I was, when it happened, like six feet away from it, it was just massive buck, a big, huge 12 pointer. And once it happened, I, I peeled off, but it was one of those things like I'm just cruising through the corn and then a deer jumps right out in front of me and starts running in front of me. And I was like, wow, like I never thought of that until that moment where I'm like, when I fly through this corn, if I spooked him and he just jumped out at me, can you imagine being taken out by a deer and crashing your paramotor and then explaining that? Oh, I hit a deer flying. <laughs> but it can be getting gored. Yeah. You know, yeah, I just impaled by, a, by an antler. I mean, that would not be a fun time. But every once in a while, when I fly down into the corn, you know, where like you, you can't see over and I'm just flying down in it. I always think, man, one of these days a deer's going to jump out and it's going to hit me. And I'm going to yeah. re- regret doing this. Possibility. Or children of the corn. <laughs> children of the corn. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, Corey, Corey's other question as far as like plans for the future. Um, I would really like to get back to Iceland. It was such a great time. Um, I think I would try and do that one again. Um, but I mean, there's just, if anyone gives me a good idea, I might do it uh, at this point. Um, but I would like to fly Egypt, do the pyramids. I think that would be a unique experience. Um, I know that there's, uh, there's a group there now flying it. Um, so that's something I think they do in June and October of each year. So I might do that in June if it lines up schedule wise, but yeah, I think also I'm going to focus a little bit more on some paragliding trips, you know, paragliding is so much easier (laughs) to, to travel with. You can easily just put your harness and your, your glider in a suitcase and not have to worry about the logistics of renting a motor or, shipping a motor you know i know some people have had success with that um but it's it's a big risk you know trying to to fly with your motor i just i'm always afraid of like being at the at the airport and them just saying nope you can't take this and it's like well what do you do then you know you're already committed like financially and all that so so have you done any um, any of the international trips I, i try to rent what was that have you done any paragliding before um, yeah, so I've, I've done, a, I mean, I guess less than paramotoring, but, um, mostly it's been ridge soaring stuff. 
Um, so okay. I, I did some ridge soaring in, in San and uh, I did some uh, ridge soaring in Morocco, which was a real fun time. These are amazing pictures. But uh, James, uh, with the, that many hours on your motor, are you planning on life cycling the motor? 500 hours is probably near the end of its life. Have you considered that? Um, yeah, so that's been something on the, you know, on the back of my mind as far as what I want to do. Um, yeah, I guess Bitter Aussie recommends at 500 hours to replace the motor. Um, at this point, since I'm so close, like my goal is to get there. Um, so once I get to the 500 hours, honestly, I'll probably push past it just because it's just more for like science, you know, to, to see how far we can push this motor. Um, but it is one of those things where, you know, when I was a new pilot, I was very conservative because I didn't have the comfort or the skills to fly certain locations. And now as my skills and my comfort have grown, now I'm on a less reliable motor because it's high hours. So it's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, okay, I feel comfortable doing this, but is my motor reliable to be flying some of these, you know, canyons or remote areas? So, um, but I've had great success with my motor, you know, uh, no issues. I replaced the starter one time um, and I replaced the carburetor. It probably could have just used a carburetor rebuild, but I ended up just putting a whole new carburetor on it. But other than that, it's all original components. So, wow. um, you know, internals like piston rings, all that untouched. Um, really? And even the carburetor, I, the carburetor I replaced at 200 hours. So even this current one has over 260 hours on it. I haven't touched it. Must gotten like the golden. So motor I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I got lucky. Um, but I think also maybe part of it is that I just fly it so often that it doesn't sit for long, and maybe that sort of helps with the longevity of the motor. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 definitely considering getting something new. Um, even just for a whole, whole new paramotor, you know, not just the motor, but the whole, uh, paramotor itself. I've really loved my Maverick. I think it's a great all around paramotor, especially for, for, for new pilots. Um, but yeah, so it's a hard decision as far as if I do get something new, what do I get? Um, cause I just, I love the Maverick so much. It's been, it really hasn't disappointed me in any way. So don't fix it. Right. So Wendy's saying you should check out his editing studio. Is that for you? Oh yeah. So uh, the one day I was I was taking pictures of Wendy, and uh, you know I wanted to, you know, airdrop her a few pictures, but I, I like to edit them a little bit, you know, make them look a little nicer. And I I normally like during the daytime I'll put my phone in my shirt and I'll look down my shirt so that you don't have the glare and that kind of thing, so you can edit the photo properly. <laughs> So um, when we were all sitting around after flying, people were like, Rob, what are you doing? You look like a weirdo. Why do you have your head in your shirt? And I'm like, I'm editing photos. I'm in my editing booth. Leave me alone. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, if I'm if I'm outside and I want to edit a picture, I just put my my shirt over my eyes and put my phone inside my shirt. So it's like a dark room. I, I do the same thing, except for I put my phone in my pants. <laughs> All right, next. Corey's asked, oh, Corey said he wanted to also know if he could be your roommate when uh, you were going to the pyramids. <laughs> but he also said, how, did, how long did it take you to advance from a wing to a, 
from a wing to advance wing. Oh, sorry, you're, you're breaking up a little bit there, but yeah, to answer Corey's question, um, I feel like I've progressed really slowly. Um, it's been one of those where um, some guys jump on to, or guys or girls jump onto gliders pretty quick. I feel like I played, uh, I, I did it pretty conservative. Uh oh I laughed. <laughs> it's been going too well. <laughs> He's oh, in the yeah. desert. He's back. Oh, there oh. you go. <laughs> All right, I'm back. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. 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 Yeah, you guys are still breaking up a little bit. That's the problem with being on the road. Right. You're pretty smooth on your end. Yeah, we can still hear you. Rob, if you can hear us, you're good. Can you hear us, Rob? I could hear you, but you're you're breaking up a decent amount. You're super smooth on your end, Rob. You can keep going. He's working on it. <clears throat> I don't know what that means. Now well, you guys meantime, are still a little frozen on me. We can hear you if you can hear us. I guess in the meantime, guys, can you make sure you hit the thumbs up? And also... Lost him please, again. Please hit the subscribe button and click on that bell so you get notified of our shows each week. Here. Rob is an excellent guest. Can we show some photos? Maybe. Do we have it's any? Trying. It's trying. There he is. We can see you. All right. Yeah. Um, I could hear you guys sort of. It sounds like you guys can hear me pretty smooth on your end. We can. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Scary story time while you're smooth. <laughs> yeah, it was working so well. It was just, you know, I mean, we got, I guess, it, actually, we got, what, 54 minutes so far? It's pretty good. Yeah. Hold on. Try to put up the message so you can see it. There yep. we go. There. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. It's communication. <laughs> Um, get the message. Get the message. Scary story time. Oh, no. I'm going to keep trying. I tried here. opening the, the van door because, like, when you open the van door sometimes, like, the signal's a little bit better. <laughs> so, okay. Well, if you guys can hear me, which I'm assuming you can. If not, I'll just be talking to an iPad. Okay. Um, <laughs> scary story time. Yes. <laughs> so, my... So my my scariest flight actually happened right before Iceland. I believe Justin and Wendy were there. Um, I know there was people there. Uh, maybe Corey was there as well. Um, but what ended up happening was it was a little bit of like trashy air. I knew that going into it. And um, I did a forward. 
uh, inflation. Now I probably should have done a reverse inflation, but I was like, eh, I'll just do a forward. You know, like when it's high winds, you feel like you hit that wall and you got to sort of just power through it. Um, well, when I did that, the glider came up really strange to the left-hand side. And I thought nothing of it because the air was a little bit trashy. So I just correct for it and I take off. Well, as I take off, I realize, okay, there's something wrong. And it felt like I had a twisted uh, brake toggle. So I look up and my brake's not twisted. My risers aren't twisted. So I'm like, why does it feel so weird? And I look up at my, at my lines and I had a really big friction knot. So I, I've had many friction knots in the past. And maybe, you know, you guys have experienced that where you get a little friction knot. Um, but this was a knot where it had the, all of the lines, A, B, C, and D lines all stuck together in like a, like a knot. Mm. So what, what ended up happening was I was giving it an extreme amount of right break to fly straight. So when I realized what was going on, I go, okay, well, let's see how bad it is. And I let off on my right, my right side and I go into a very aggressive banked turn towards like, uh, like, uh, like, a farm, like the farm and like farm equipment and like the barns. So I'm like, whoa, I can't do that. So I straightened back out. And at that point, I probably should have just flown straight and landed in the cornfield. But I decided, okay, I could probably just do a pattern and come back to the airport. Now, the, the conditions are pretty trashy. So I'm up at like 50, 75 feet. And I'm doing a right hand pattern around the airport. Well, as I'm doing this, I have almost no input. So I'm just getting rocked around all over the place, trying to do this right hand pattern. So eventually I get back into the wind, which was very hard. It was like going from base to final. Um, it was very hard to make that 90 degree turn because I was flying so slow that I was at like my, like my flaring position to land. So like my, my ground speed was so slow. I thought I was going to stall the glider and just go parachutal and fall out of the sky. So I'm up at like 50 feet. So I'm like, man, if I, if I go parachutal, like I'm probably going to, I'll probably die. Maybe I'll best case scenario, I break my back and my legs, but I was just so deep in the brakes, just trying to get it to fly straight. So I finally get it into the wind and I'm like, Oh my God, thank you. So I get into the wind and I can't really go hands up because I need the glider to go straight. So I'm just buried right here flying. And, um, I come into flare and I realize, like when I go to flare that I was pretty much in my flare. Like I had like just a little tug before I completely stalled the glider. And I hit like a, like a lawn dart, landed really hard on my feet, and then landed onto my knees. Now, the funny thing is, is when I landed on my knees and I go to look up, the friction knot popped out. <laughs> so I was still kiting the glider, and the friction knot pops out, and I stand up, start the motor, and I take off again. And, <laughs> and that was my scariest flight. Like, honestly, like, I mean, it was, I was just so deep in the bricks. Like, imagine just like flying around like you're flaring to land. And uh, it was it was like the scariest. It felt like a lifetime, but it was probably like a one minute sort of ordeal, maybe even like 30 seconds. But that was that was pretty scary. So Justin says he's got pictures of that when you were trying to land. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it looked sketchy from the ground, but I'm telling you, being up there at like 50 feet or so, it was it was scary. Um, just, yeah, just being so deep in those breaks, it was just like, I was just, I was just waiting for a wind gust to sort of hit and just have me tap those brakes a little bit more and just stall the glider. You're muted, Jade. I know. Hey, at least you guys are clearer now. It seems like our connection got better. Our connection's been improving as the night progresses. Yeah, it's going good. I'll, I'll drink to that. 
Yeah. Well, we made it cheers, an hour. People. So, yeah, um, latte. Diet Pepsi. <laughs> Coffee. But yeah, I mean, it's it's been a it's been a lot of fun on the road. So I've been on the road now for a, like a full month, and um, you know, shout out to Luke. You know, we met in um, in Kansas there at Endless Foot Drag, and then he ended up meeting me out in in Utah. And we did a bunch of flying, and it was just. It was just unbelievable flying. It was some of the best flying I've done. And it was part, I mean, it was just good energy. You know, me and him just exploring, checking things out. Um, but just the weather lined up. We were just sort of jumping from good location to good location. So for like eight days in a row, every day, morning and evening, we're just like dream flights. Like it was like bucket list flights. And it was just, at, towards the end, we were just felt, we felt unstoppable. It was like, whatever we want to do, we'll be able to do it. Cause like, we're, it, it's just going good. So um, we would always joke like, oh, green lights. We got another green light. Let's do it. Um, so we had a blast, you know, flying Utah. We flew like um, Factory Butte, like in the Hanksville area. We flew that for a few days. Um, I had my dirt bike. He had his quad. You know, so we would go and play around during the day doing that. And uh, we flew Moab, you know, did Corona Arch and all that kind of stuff. That was a whole bunch of fun. And uh, we finished by flying uh, Shiprock in New Mexico. Um, which was one of those flights where we, we thought we were unstoppable and then we almost didn't get access to the airport. And, uh, the last minute at like 9am, we got access to the airport and we took off at 9am and flew to Shiprock, um, which was, you know, was amazing as well. So, um, it all worked out for us that those eight days were just like, go, go, go as far as flying and driving. But, um, it was a great eight days. It was a lot of fun. So how far do you have to drive now to meet up with your buddies for camping weekend or? Um, I think I have another eight hours left. So eight hours of driving. Are you parked for tonight then? Uh-oh. Yeah, you broke up a little bit there. Are you? Can you hear me? Sort oh, of. <laughs> <laughs> Am I any better? Are you parked for tonight? It was it was going well there for a few minutes. <laughs> if anybody wants to join in um, um, for an after show for a little bit, we can. Uh, Hi, Karen. You, know. you got para orange Karen on. Hey, girl. She's into the camera seductively. I'm getting uncomfortable. <laughs> what? There he's back. He made it back. So Rob was telling us that um, he ordered a wing bag from you, and it's red. There's some of them that were red because it was the original from who I bought the business from. Hey, Gladys. That was overstock. overstock. Oh, okay. But I don't make them in red. Oh, so those were... <laughs> Past one. Yeah. Okay. And Steve, no dresses. She doesn't make dresses. I don't make dresses. Not yet. Or Speedos. No, <laughs> or Speedos. Past one. Yeah. Every, every, everybody's got a price. And everybody's Steve, got a price. dresses. She doesn't yeah. make dresses. I don't make or dresses. Not yet. Or Speedos. No. <laughs> oh, boy. We got Rob trying to come back on, and we got yeah. Wendy and Houston. Okay, we got to put ourselves on mute. 
Yeah, this is just oh, becoming boy, a hot mess now. I'm trying to come back on. Yeah, I, I wish I had a better uh, connection for you guys. I apologize. Who's got the no. reverb? That was Wendy. Oh. Wendy's oh. the troublemaker. All right. Hey, well, Rob, are we still choppy? Every on time. We that? are. I'm going to say good, good night to everybody, I guess. Um, but thank you, Rob. If you can hear, stay on if you can. Because um, these people... We got a bunch of girls on here that want to say hi to you. So, <laughs> Jade, where are you going? I'm I'm leaving the show. What? So, no, all right. <laughs> Stick around for next week. Um, make sure you subscribe to the show. Um, we'll see what we're doing next week. Hmm. Anyway, um, we'll leave it at that. And um, you guys have a great night. And Rob, thank you so much for hanging out. See you all next yeah, no, week. I appreciate it. It's been fun. I wish I had a better connection. Maybe uh, next time I'll try and find yep. somewhere with good Wi-Fi. Yep. Just stick around for a moment, though, okay?